Welcome to the Jolly Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Barrett. This podcast is for those who are interested in the conversation around diversity, inclusion, and equity. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest who has something special to share or is actively part of building solutions in this space. Let's get started. All right, so today we are joined by Tamara Shiloh, and I am just really enjoying and excited to speak to her as an author, speaker, entrepreneur, and I am just so interested in your background and how you got to where you are today. Wow. Well, I'm going to give you the short version. <laughs> I've been around a long time. Uh, well, this particular um, journey started probably a little over 20 years ago when I received an email. And and the email was, it had a list of all these Black inventors and scientists. And I had never seen these folks before. And so the other thing is there was a little story with it also. And at that particular time, I was, uh, I just started learning how to use Microsoft Publisher. So I was creating all these little pamphlets for friends and some of my friends who were entrepreneurs. And I decided to do one for my great, my grandson. But then I thought about these people I'm putting in here. I'm like, what if this was a hoax or, you know, fake news or whatever? So I went to the library and sure enough, there were a couple of books about black inventors and scientists. I'm like, what the heck? And then I got pissed. Okay. Because (laughs) why don't I know any of these people that it was just ridiculous. Some of the things I saw that we had done, I'm like, really? Yes. And so it was right then. I'm sorry. I thought I turned. It was right then that I decided to to write a children's book. And however, um, when I put all the information together, when I started working on it, it was apparent that this book was going to be six or seven inches thick, you know, because there was so much information. And kids aren't going to want to read all of that. So I decided to um, to break it up into a series. And so initially it was five books. And so I actually wrote them 20 years ago and um so fast forwarding okay uh two or three years ago well I worked with those books until about for about five years I think it was because I went on tour with them in 2005 it was a little short tour because I didn't know what I was doing so let me tell you I have I have learned so much more since then first of all I didn't even try to to shop the books because First of all, I didn't know how. And and now that I know what I know, there's no way in heck that they would have taken those books at the time, right? <laughs> so um, so I put them, I put the books down and uh, a few years ago I retired. Um, I was an HR manager with a civil engineering firm. And my daughter had been uh, threatening to take the books and do stuff on her own. So I decided to rewrite them, make them more engaging. And so I did. And I and I um I'm I'm not sure if it was around the same time I joined BAPA, uh Becky's uh the group, the Bay Area Independent Publishers Association. But I will tell you that having joined that group, I could not believe what I didn't know. Okay. 
It was so overwhelming. I didn't miss a meeting for a year. I was, I was just wow. grasping for all of the knowledge. It, it, it was incredible. They still are. Yeah. Um, and so I did. Yeah, I decided to rewrite them. So I got an editor. I got a an illustrator. And, and so and now the books are very cool. I mean, you know, so I'm really happy about what's happened. It's taken me a while now to the first two books are done. And I'm working on book three. Oh, it's slow. My inner dish. I'm driving her crazy. But I'm just busy with all this other stuff that right, I'm doing. Right. So the two first two books, well, the name of the series is just imagine what if there were no black people in the world. The first book in the series is Jackson's Magical Adventure with Black Inventors and Scientists. And then the second one is Jackson and Kevin's Black History Trip Downtown. Yes. And the third one is going to be about women, black women inventors and scientists. Okay. And I'm um, the character will be Jackson and his cousin, Maddie, talking about that. So I'm excited about doing it. It's just, oh my goodness. Um, I have so much going on right now, which on one hand is, you know, a really cool thing. But the other side of that is I, I'm not taking the time to sit down and write. It won't take me long once I do it, but oh. Yeah. Well, it's so it's so interesting to me, though, because when, um, you know, even in this last year with COVID and with all of the focus on social injustice, you know, you realize that there's so much history, so much rich, rich history that not only do, you know, I'll say our allies may not know, but in a lot of cases, we may not even know our own history. Um, for a variety of reasons. We don't. So, you know, when, when you start talking about what if there were no Black people in the world, I mean, you start going, well, look at all the inventions that wouldn't be here, or, you know, there's just so many. I mean, I can't even begin to think about all the impacts that um, Blacks have had, not only in the United States, but around yeah, the world. And so, you know, you start thinking about, you know, kind of STEM and, you know, being able to connect with young people to help them understand how science and technology, engineering, math, even the arts are, you know, just so necessary. So, I mean, are, are, is your audience typically, I'm sure you must speak both at, for younger audiences as well as older audiences, because there's a lot of old folks that don't know some of the history either. That's very true. So in the last couple of years, I have a Black history class that I do. It's an after school and a summer program that I do. Okay, so along with the book, I created a coloring book, a journal, and an activity book. And that was to, if there were any teachers out there who really were interested in including Black history into their curriculum, I thought this might help them some. And so the books now, you know, they're designed to help kids with reading and to get them interested in STEM, hopefully, and, and, and to give them options for careers. It's like most black children don't never heard of a black microbiologist or an oceanographer or an inventor, you know, or, you know, so my goal is to let them see that Black people, for one, have been doing things forever. It didn't start with Dr. Martin Luther King. You know what I'm saying? It's right. been, I mean, since we set foot on the soil, 
we've been doing wonderful things and they need to understand that that they too can do any of these things, but they need to know that, you know, there are black people doing these things, you know? You know, I, I tell parents to watch your child. If they like playing in dirt, that might be the next famous anthropologist or something. I don't know. But, you know, take advantage of whatever their interests are because there's a black person that's done something in that field, you know? Yes. So I use the books, you know, to um, encourage kids to read. So that's the other thing. I also uh, facilitate a Black History professional development class for educators to show them how to easily incorporate Black history into their curriculum. Because my famous line is, you can't teach what you don't know. Right. And it's not difficult if you have the tools, you know, to work with. And, and you do find there, there are a lot of Black folks that do not know their history. But, you know, we weren't taught, you know, especially in California. If you didn't have a black teacher and you didn't have one who knew their history, you weren't going to really learn about it. And then there's the problem of learning about the same seven people every year for the past 50 years. Right. So, <laughs> you know, so I have a thing about that. Um, yeah. yeah. So I just try to do my piece to try to help, you know, children understand. Because I say to teachers in that class, I said, you know, I keep hearing this thing that black children do not like to read. Well, have you ever thought about it's what you're giving them to read? Right. Okay. I right. mean, because when they come into my bookstore, which is another story and I'll share in a minute, uh, when they come in, they get excited about seeing their little faces on the covers of books and their parents are like, oh my gosh, you know, so I know it works. You know, I have parents who come back and say, oh my God, I cannot believe he actually read the book <laughs> you right. know, or whatever. So, you know, I... That's the thing. So, okay, so you want me to segue into the bookstore? Yeah, so, so I mean, yeah, tell us about your bookstore. I know you have one in Richmond. Right, right? we do. Um, I do. It started, oh my gosh, I'm going to fast forward on that too. So initially there were three of us and and then there were two because one of the, uh, one of the partners, she... Uh, she had the inventory because her she did mobile um, book sales. She did conferences and and things like that, huge. So she had a a garage bookstore, if you will. So she actually provided the inventory for the book for the store initially. And initially, it was only supposed to be a pop up for a couple months. But we did so well; they asked us in the mall to stay. Well, one of the partners, she she didn't want a brick and mortar. She just wanted to continue to do what she did. So we purchased the inventory from her. So then there were just two of us. And so last year, um, she decided that she didn't want to do this anymore and focus on her um, nonprofit. So here I am, a bookstore owner. I'm like, okay. But I had a lot of support from the community. They love the bookstore. It's a, it was a lovely bookstore. I mean, I really say so myself. The one thing that um, parents, everybody was really happy about is that all the books were Facebook. So you don't need to know names of authors and you didn't need to know names of books because, you know, a lot of people, myself included, I don't know names of books. I don't know names of authors. But when you go walk into a bookstore and, wow, you don't have to know any of that information, you know, you can just see. It just made a world of difference. You know, I tell people, it's not that Barnes & Noble 
or the other bookstores don't carry black books like you know books uh, Asian or they just if you don't know the name of the book or the name of the authors you know it's kind of hard to find them and we wanted to make sure that people didn't have to worry about that and so that was one of the things that made people really happy and in the bookstore I did a lot of things I had black history classes I had STEM classes I had I had a math tutor we did story time every Saturday. I had enough space where we could have networking events or birthday parties, you know. So it was a cool spot. You know, I did a lot. And so. Yeah, it was and, more than a bookstore. Right, exactly. So uh, so the transition is, is a little cumbersome right now because the space is different. And so until I'm not going to open up uh, the walk-in until I get this pristine or until I get it as close to the, the store and the mall as I can. It won't be the exact, but I, I want people to feel the same type of experience that they had uh, right. there. But we're doing online. So I do have an online store and we still do story time um, on Saturdays. And okay, real quickly, I'm going to do a commercial. Did you see? <laughs> okay. Tell them about it. Tell them okay. where they can go. <laughs> Did you see Jingle Jangle yet? Have you watched that? No. Are you are you even familiar with it? Which one? What are you talking about? Jingle Jangle. Okay. Well, girl, first of all, go watch the video. I okay. mean the movie. It's on Netflix. And Jingle Jangle is a black Christmas uh, musical. It oh my god, it's so wonderful. My face was hurting because I was smiling so much. It's just Horace <laughs> Whitaker is in there and some of the other people, oh, um, what's her name? Debbie Allen's sister, Felicia Rashad. Yes. She's in it. Okay. It is so, it is, oh my God, I'm, I'm excited thinking about it. Well, here's the part I wanted to really share. So the author of the book, um, her publicity person contacted me and asked if they could do a Zoom story time with the store. So on December the 12th, we're going to have Zoom with the Jingle Jangle author, Lynn Sisson Talbert. Awesome. Uh, she and her husband created it. So she wrote two books. She has, oh, she, oh The Square Root of Possible. That is a uh, a picture book that she'll be reading. And then Jingle Jangle. Uh, she'll be discussing Jingle Jangle on December 12th at 2 o'clock. Okay, so that's my commercial. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So, and they can um, go to your website for more information? or Yes. Um, yes, they can. The link is there. Um, obviously, it's not good until December 12th. But yes, they can go to the multiculturalbookstore.com and go. Uh, I think she's put it right at the beginning, actually. But it is also on the story time tab also. So let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. Well, and I noticed you have books specifically on many cultures, including African-American, Latino, Asian, South Asian, Native American, Middle Eastern. And then you even go into biracial disability, diversity, LGBTQ, and all sorts of genres from from babies to adults, which is, you know, everybody doesn't necessarily do that when they have a bookstore because that's well, they don't. And, you know, when we started this, it was very important. It, you know, I mean, right. We have black stores. 
Okay, I've never seen a Latino bookstore or an Asian bookstore. And we thought it was important to include everybody. And it has turned out to be a wonderful experience. The other thing that happened with all this stuff about being Black, you know, and the social justice movement, I had no social justice books. I, I didn't even, I mean, and I was embarrassed. I'm like, all the books that were out there on social justice, I had never heard of any of them. And, and the children's books. But but I will say a lot of those books got written this year. I mean, many of them, but there are many that have been around a long time. So that was a whole different section <laughs> of books that um, I had to buy. And then I bought more Black history books because people were like, OK, let's get into that as well. So, yeah, um, it's and I, I'm happy teachers come in. They're just like, oh, my God, everything is right in one setting, you know, because right. we have a pretty good selection of multicultural books. I will say that my focus is on uh, black children, black children books, you know, but I have a really good selection of all the others. And I'm actually as we speak, I'm um, trying to get dollars so that I can um, increase the other books also because I think it's just right. really important. Well, know? and I think it's so interesting because even after the George Floyd murder, we we saw so many people looking for information. Exactly. And so there were lots of resources, whether it be books or videos or movies or whatever, um, to kind of get people interested in just understanding the history and how things have evolved and what the experience is like, um, you know, since for, for people all over the world, really. Exactly. And then the big rush on um, supporting uh, Black bookstores. That was yes. huge. As a matter of fact, we were featured in Oprah's Magazine. Awesome. And we, uh, as a Black bookstore in California, and we actually... <laughs> Oh, uh, we actually were put on the map. That was really, I mean, because she did a map and pinpointed the different stores where she actually put our store on the map. I was, oh my God, you can't even believe. It. I, I was That's so excited. excited. I didn't know Oprah how to knows who you are. Right. I mean, hello. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so there's been a lot of that too. Um, as a result of that, I've, I've gotten, I'm doing stuff. The 49ers are using me with uh, a book thing that they're doing with the elementary schools in San Francisco. I mean, and she found me through the article. I'm like, okay. Yes, that's fabulous. Well, and you know, there's so many things as we get into Kwanzaa and all the principles surrounding Kwanzaa, the cooperative economics components, there's all these opportunities for us to really kind of share in that success and build each other up as we, as we lift each other. Um, so I think that's, that's awesome to be able to take your passion for, you know, kind of learning and really shape it into, you know, a black history development class for teachers, because, you know, you start talking about diversity and inclusion. I was just interviewing somebody last week and they were talking about um they got their start in diversity and inclusion in the schools oh wow um and helping teachers understand how to teach and include you know in their curriculum okay so it's so important to get that engagement early so that we see 
the opportunities for success for, uh, you know, children all around. So I think it's fabulous what you're doing. So what does Black History Month look like for you when you're, because I know you're, you're also doing like publishing classes and, and you've got, um, I want to say Tuskegee Airmen Corporation's uh, dinners and speaking engagements going. So, you know, there's just so much work to be done. Of course, that's a busy month for me. And I just, you know, at first I was resenting being called <laughs> Black History Month, right? I'm like, serious? I mean, I, so my thing is now I say, okay, let's use Black History Month as the start of your doing it year round. Okay. Yes. So, but it, it's a good time of the year. And of course, I do put emphasis on. Okay, you're doing this now, but you know, you could do this in July. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, you know, um, but yeah, it's, it is it is what it is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, really- and I, you know, I talk a lot about Kwanzaa and I go, you know, Kwanzaa should be every day. All those principles are things you should have in your life all the time. Right. So, so Kwanzaa my, every day exactly. um, is, is my thing. Exactly. I, um, yeah, Black Tuesday Month is a busy month for me and I, I'm beginning to enjoy it. Instead of being angry because it is just 30 days, no, 28 days, <laughs> right. you know, but um, yeah, it is. And, it, and it's kind of nice that people are embracing it. But I think part of the problem is that they just don't know. They just, you know, educators don't have the information and and they, too, are tired of talking about the same doggone folks every year. I mean, they know that there are other people who contributed, but they aren't taking the time to find out, you know, because my thing is, okay, everything that I say in this class, you can Google. Okay. But you got to want right, to Google. Right. Depends on what <laughs> your search is. I teach, <laughs> right. I, I can't teach you to want to teach. Right. Like I can help you along the way, you know, so if that's not your thing and you just hear because your principal made you be here. I mean, okay, it, it's a waste of your time, not mine, because you will leave your knowing something. What you do with it is on yeah. your own. Well, that's uh, a quote in itself. Uh, I can't teach you to want to teach. Um, so. No, I, I can't. Right, exactly. And um, so um, my books, a uh, friend of mine and I have created lesson plans around my books. So we're all excited about that. So I will start incorporating that into my professional development class also. So they will actually have a lesson plan, whereas it it really was designed just to give them information right. and show them examples of how they can do it. Not a lesson plan, but we decided to incorporate that. So, yeah, so they're giving That's a lot of That's fantastic. And I know you said you're, um, you're also beginning your own podcast soon. Yes, Um so the other okay, the other thing that I do, <laughs> I write the weekly Black History column for the Post newspaper here, and it's in like five or six cities, I think. And I also uh, record a two-minute Black History vignette for KDYA, and so they post those. I do like four or five, and they post them all month. Okay, and then so I was sending out an email every day, Monday to Friday. And it was uh, your dose of Black history. But I got so busy, COVID hit, doing the online store. Oh, my gosh. You know, so I didn't have time to do it anymore. So then I decided, okay, I, um, I've done some videos for the 
professional development class, right? So I'm like, oh, okay, kind of like this, right? So I was talking to a friend of mine and I said, okay, why don't I do your five minute dose of black history? You know, and I'm like, okay. So she just told me, I think the first one uh, is December. We were going to wait until January, but I think she said, I think it's December 23rd. Okay, if I'm not great. Mistaken. Just before okay. Christmas I'll, and I'll confirm that with you. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, the first one is going to be on Mary okay. Fields. She was a um, stagecoach driver, a black woman. She's funny. I mean, I, I enjoy talking about her because she is so <laughs> Mary. She's like six feet tall, big black woman with a <laughs> rifle, right? <laughs> I know a, a few of those. Coach. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a fun story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, so I decided, okay, let's get back to, uh, you know, let me get back to providing a little dose of Black history every week, you know, give folks something to look forward to. Because I did, when I stopped doing it, I had a lot of emails. Okay, (laughs) where is it, right? So I'm also going to do a blog. But the good thing about that is I have it all written already. So uh, just to give folks more information, a place to go and you know, read more about what black folks have and are doing. Yeah. Do you have Um, specific, do you have specific people that you, I mean, you talked about Mary, are there a few others that you think people may not know about that they find interesting? Oh my gosh. You know, one of the things, okay, I can't think of her name, but uh, the lady they said invented the ironing board. I get a kick out of that because she didn't create the ironing board. She created an attachment that, that um, for the sleeve for the ironing board. You know, like, okay, so I, I do talk about that a lot. It's just like George Washington Carver. He did not create peanut butter, but okay. You know, he created a hundred other things to do with peanut butter, but that he didn't, you know. But, you know, he was a genius when it came to agriculture, which was really very cool. Or that uh, Dr. Hale create, performed the first heart surgery. You know, that's just very cool. Or that a dentist, Dr. George Grant, created the first golf team. You know, that's always you know, everything. I mean, so people know about uh, Garrett Morgan and the signal light. But do you know about the gas mask? You know, and he did a lot of other things as well. Uh, just, I mean, like the real McCoy. Okay, so they... So it's whoever you want to believe that it came from Elijah McCoy, right? Um, but that's the story I heard. Or um, uh, last name is Crump. But he uh, created the first potato chip. So they want to argue with me about that. Oh, well, I don't care. I mean, you know, so who are you going right, to believe, right? Right, right. <laughs> right yeah. Or that uh, one more uh, name. Uh, oh my God! What's the whiskey? Oh my gosh! I can't think of it. The whiskey—that's the man's name. Anyway, uh, oh my goodness! It'll come to you. It'll it come is. to you. But but there's, yeah, the yeah. black guy who actually taught them how to do that—you know—it. We we've done so many things in the in in the background, mm-hmm. you know, that it's just it's been tough with black folks. I mean. You know, they couldn't get a patent because black folks weren't considered citizens or even people, if you will, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't apologize for it. I, so someone. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say this. When I first started writing these books uh, and I went to the library a few times and I remember a librarian asked me, 
So how do you know this information is true? And so I, I took me like 2.3 seconds to say, do you own a set of Encyclopedia Britannica? And so it was like, of course I do. So I said, well, how do you know that information is true? <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> she looked at me. I know she wanted to slap me, but I was like, and I, you know, it was like, okay, you believe what you believe. All right. Um, I don't care if you don't believe it, but they wrote it. These are PhDs who wrote these books. Um, the same as the folks who write uh, the information in the encyclopedia. So. Yeah. Well, and it's so interesting to me because, you know, I mean, you look at anybody's story, like their story may be different than the story of the person next door. We always look for different things, but yet our perspectives bring life and connection to all the other things that are going on. So you can't, you can't invalidate my story just because your story is different, right? Not only that, we've invalidated all that crap. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, just think of all the fake news and history that we've been taught all this time, sure. which is a mind yeah. moment. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, how long did you know Christopher, you thought Christopher Columbus, you know, in the, you know, create, I mean, was yeah. the first to get, yeah. I mean, and so, anyway, but yeah, I don't worry about that anymore. Yeah, we, well, and I think it's so important for us to tell our own stories. You know, as you know, I mean, my, my focus, my, my husband was a storyteller. So to me, it's like when we start talking about diversity and inclusion and you get into your story, everybody has a story. And it's it's just so relevant because you're touching people with your story, no matter where you are or who you're with. And you may not be touching some people, but you're definitely touching people. Um, well, let me just tell you one other thing. You cannot spend one day of your life without a black person touching you in some form or fashion. All right. You heard it from Tamara. (laughs) A black person is touching you somewhere, somehow, every day. (laughs) I love it. Something in your house we've done, something outside that we've done, something at your job we've done. I don't care where you go. We've done something somewhere. (laughs) Yes, yes. No, that's true. And, you know, at the end of the day, we there's so much more to be done and there's so many things we can oh, do. Uh, so it's just so yeah. exciting to see so many people doing such amazing work in the community, in the in the, uh, the ability to really t- reach back and touch generations of people. So you're your efforts in your community are amazing. I'm glad they are broadening nationally or internationally. So I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to seeing you continue to thrive and continue to feed Thank us you. information to create better awareness, okay. uh, you know, in the community and and for our allies around the world. So congratulations okay. to you. I'm so Thank glad you. that I got to speak with you for a few minutes and Oh, God, I appreciate your even uh, reaching out. Thank you so much. I appreciate this opportunity to share, you know, my little story. Yes. Well, keep doing what you're doing. I'm, I'm excited. I think, I think the more we talk about, you know, our cultures and our, we will start to appreciate the myriad of multicultures that we have and what we bring to each other. So yeah. I hope it only continues to fuel the dialogue 
Um, So thank you so much for joining me. You're very, very, very welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining me on the Jolly Podcast. Please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.